coming in as Bloom. Millendike centered it. Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We are underway this hour. Happy Friday. Happy St. Patrick's Day. It's March 17th, 2023. And welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit CalgaryLockandSafe.com with Aaron Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. We're coming at you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio and Flames Talk available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon. Go hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's kick off the hour by going inside hockey for Calgary Co-op with new families, member rewards, and sale events. You'll find more quality, more savings in every department every day at Calgary Co-op. And speaking of which, we say hello to uh, Eric Francis. Uh, Sports, that's Eric Francis. Joins us for Francis Friday's Inside Hockey. Uh, I'm glad you could make it, as uh, I know you were in Vegas last night, so I'm glad that you uh, were able to make it back safe and sound. I do believe Calgary Co-op Liquor Stores, you could, uh, at uh, the Beer, Wine, and Spirit Store, you could get yourself a six-pack of Guinness or a four-pack of Guinness to celebrate St. Patrick's Day or, Francis, Mm-hmm. Peanut butter whiskey. If you were, of course, if you were feeling like you wanted to gift me something, I I would take the peanut butter whiskey. You guys speak so highly of it. All year long, you can have peanut butter whiskey and enjoy it. It's uh, it's for every occasion. And uh, I have to correct you. I have not. I did not make my way back from Vegas. Uh-oh. Oh, are you still there? Are you in a ditch? I am still here. Uh, I convinced the company that it would be cheaper for me to stay here and then oh, meet the and team in go L.A. To California, ah, in Montreal. What a bill yeah, of Monday, goods! So. No, you, you shouldn't yeah. be saying that. Well, like you should probably keep that to yourself. No, sorry, they, they suggested it, and then oh, uh, okay. I said, yeah, "That is a great idea." That, isn't that the key? Make sure management always believes it's their idea. You know, so yeah, that great idea, boss. I think that is a wonderful idea. I will. Uh, so, are you in Vegas con- or Cali right now? I'm in Vegas. Okay. I had the I had the choice and uh, I went with Vegas. Yeah. Hey, they're both great. Don't get me wrong. And uh, anyone who's ever gone to Vegas for any length of time knows that two days is enough. Three is three is more than enough, and four is ridiculous. It's a lot. <laughs> um, oh man. Francis is with us. It's Eric Francis Fridays. Francis from Vegas. Uh, that took an interesting turn. I thought you were back from Vegas, so I'm, I'm happy that you're there and we can uh, take so a look I. back uh, at uh, what was a first ever win. Tell us uh, your observations on a 7-2 win for the Flames in Vegas on Thursday night. Well, full marks to them, right? And I've always said through this, through this frustrating spin for Flames fans, the one thing that I totally agree with is that this team has not given up. This team's effort has not been questioned on any night. Yeah. I know they had a couple couple bad efforts against Minnesota where maybe they didn't start with the energy they wanted, but I give this team full credit. Like They know and they believe that they're good enough to be making the playoffs and that they should be winning a lot more of their share of these one-goal games that they're not winning. And so last night, you know, easy to just assume these guys were going to get it handed to them playing a team that had won what four or five in a row uh the best team in the division uh the hottest team since the all-star break in the toughest building they've ever flames have ever played like 
again, a smart better would have bet against the Flames, right? Like, or, or you know, normally that's what I would have done. But give him full credit, man. And it took a couple lucky bounces. They finally got some puck luck. And I'm not saying it was a lucky win at all. They deserve that win full marks. Right. Um, but but the, there were three goals that I could point to that I said, you know what? Those are the kind of breaks it seems like the other team's been getting a lot this year in those one-goal games. Like, you know, the, the, obviously the Backlund goal off the back mm-hmm. of the goalie's mask, that's completely fluky. Uh, the slap shot that opened it all with Uyghur, he called it a, a dipperoo. Uh, and a muffin on the air, like you know, whatever you want to call it, it was lucky. And then even, even, even the goal that Toffoli scored to, to follow up, but good, good, smart sense for him to follow up Mangiapane's breakaway, and the rebound came right onto his stick and he jammed it right in. So those are the bounces they haven't been getting this year. And it's not just because the Flames are unlucky this year, but all I'm saying is how perfect that in Vegas they finally got a little bit of luck because that's not usually what happens to them or to anyone when they come to Vegas. Want to? Uh, it's funny you bring up Toffoli and and last hour. Well, you know what? I'm gonna play the. I'll play the clip again because Eric, you asked him post game after Thursday uh, about hitting a new career high. He gets four points in Vegas. Uh, he bests his uh, former career high of 58. He's up to 60 points on the year with 13 games remaining. And so you just asked him, "Hey, how do you feel about hitting a new career high?" And I he went down a road I was not expecting. I'll, I'll play this and then we can uh, react off this, Jens. Obviously things have um, been, you know, pretty good and you know, I've been, you know, pretty consistent and um, you know, I came to the season wanting uh, to prove something and um, I'm trying everything I can to to help the team win games and um, you know, tonight was was obviously a good night. You say to prove something, just prove that you're a top line player in this league. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I am, but other people tend or thought differently. And um, you know what? I've kind of done that throughout my whole career. People have always kind of doubted me um, at times, and uh, I've I've rose to the occasion. Occasion, and. Uh, you know, I just want to keep going and uh, get in the playoffs and make some noise. I was, uh, boys, I was not expecting that. Like, you you, you teed him up for the, just the, the kind of generic, hey, yeah, it's great, all about the team, glad we yeah. won, that type of stuff. And instead <laughs> he goes down that road, and, and credit to you, Eric, for, for asking the follow-up, because, like, what does he mean, prove himself? And there you were asking, what does he mean, prove himself? I, I had no idea that Tyler was playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder this season. I love it. That was, that was really interesting for a guy who is having an outstanding year. Yeah, caught me off guard, and uh, I'm glad I followed it up. I mean, it was an obvious follow-up because, you know, what, do you, what are you proving? What are you trying to prove? And I, I don't remember anybody, you know, that covers the team kind of, you know, writing or saying anything like this guy's definitely no, but not a top I do. Line I player. do remember taking calls in the preseason. I do remember taking calls early in the season and on the text line about like they're not going to win with Toffoli on the right side of the top line. They they need somebody else there. Toffoli can't be the right side of Lindholm. I I took a lot of calls and texts about that in in September and October. Oh, and I and I'm not going to disagree with the belief or, or with you know people questioning it. Like you you go from what. They had on the right wing and Matthew Kachuk, and it's unfair to compare, you know, to fully to anybody else that was filling his shoes beforehand. But you know, I think it was a legitimate question: Is, Can this team really uh, do some damage with a top line that includes Tyler Toffoli? And hey, at the end of the day, the top line has not been good enough. I'm, I'm, and I'm not slagging Toffoli because I think he's held up his end of the bargain. But just as a as a line in general, they have not. Uh, got the job done. Certainly, anywhere close to what you know 
when this team had the best line in hockey the year before. That's not fair to compare him to that either. But, you know, the whole, the, the, the sum of the parts did not equal a successful top line in this National Hockey League. Would you, would you agree with that? I mean, full marks to Toffoli. He surprised me with his output, with uh, his timeliness. Yep. He's come through when this team's really needed him a lot. Give him full marks. But I'm saying, at the end of the day, part of why this team is where it's at is because they haven't had a line step up and be a true number one line in the National Hockey League. What do you think about that? I don't necessarily disagree with that franchise. And when you look at Calgary's leading goal scorer in Tyler Defoley with 28, he sits 41st overall in the NHL. So you don't have a top 30 goal getter in the NHL. And yes, the Calgary Flames were blessed with an embarrassment of riches last season when they had what is almost undeniably the top line in the NHL. And losing those in the regular season. Yes, very fair comment. And then you <laughs> come in and, and you slot to Foley, you elevate him from what the lineup was last year to this year, and you haven't really necessarily found that left side spot to Elias Lindholm. So, yeah, if you had a more productive top line, all three positions, chances are you're in the playoffs, not chasing a playoff spot. But that's not to take uh-huh. anything away from Tyler to Foley because I think perennially exactly. for me, he's a 25-ish, 60-point-ish forward. And well, now he's done just that, whether it was prorated before because of injury or games played or what have you. Now he's gone ahead and done that. And there's certainly an argument for me to be made that he's been their most consistent, most impactful forward. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He's, he's, he is their most consistent and certainly their most clutch scorer. And again, it is that left side that's been the problem, right? I mean, yep. we, you know, the the plan was, of course, for Huberto to be that guy on that left side. And anyway, we've gone through that. Huberto will be the first to tell you that he's let the team down with his output. He's let himself down. Like, for whatever reason, it's just not worked out in the first year of the next eight. But he, uh, he you know, that's why this team is where it's at right now. That and goaltending are obviously the two the, the two biggest reasons, like by a mile, that this team. And, and actually, given that they don't have a, you know, one of the bet league's better top lines and 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 their goaltending has been as horrific as it has been up until the last what five six games for sure full marks to to J- jacob markstrom but you know it's a miracle that they're in this thing still really when you think about two of the most important things goal scoring and, and keeping it out of your net have been a real problem for this team all year long it, it speaks to their depth that they've stayed this close and, and boy guys like you know whatever happens from now on that's just it it's a lot more exciting now that they're within three points. It's kind of feels like a whole new ball game to me. Does it not feel like that to you guys that they finally slayed the dragon in in Vegas and now are within three with equal number of games played. And I know that Nashville is the one that yeah. nobody's talking about, but still it does feel like there's new life in this, 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 uh, what seemed like a very dire playoff push. I, th- I, I think that's fair. I mean, I, you know, I go back a week ago, one week ago when we were talking prior to the Anaheim game, they were four out and the Jets had played one played one fewer game. One week later, they're three out at even games played. So they I think they've they've made up a little ground in one week's time. There were a lot of swings. There was a lot Anaheim loss, Arizona loss, Ottawa win, and Vegas win in there. So a lot that went into the last week that got them to within or or closer by one point, and there's no longer uh, a games advantage for Winnipeg. So I, I'm I'm slightly more optimistic, but I throughout this whole time, guys, even you know going back before the Anaheim loss, my whole take was uphill climb, 
but still everything on the table for them. I still think uphill climb, maybe slightly less steep. Oh, yeah. And everything's still on the table for him. Like, 13 games to go. I thought it was premature to be talking a week or two weeks ago about sitting Markstrom and bringing in Wolf and sitting the top defenseman and sitting the top forwards and bringing in a bunch of Wranglers and, and just kind of waving the white flag on the season. I thought that was premature then, and it's clearly premature now. Francis, I just want to toss this at you real quickly because our friends at Money Puck upped Calgary's playoff odds by 18% with that win against Vegas. If you had to put a percentage or a number on how much more optimistic you are today as you were yesterday, what's that figure? Are you 18% more optimistic is what he's asking. I think that's fair. I think that's a that fair number. What's the overall number, though? It's still less than 50%. Oh, yeah. Like, what is it, 30 39 They went from 21 yeah, like, to 39 yeah, but uh, but but to my point, we all know. I agree. It's less than a coin flip chance for sure. Lots got to go out of their control. Has got to go right for them. Uh, but 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 I just you know, if you're telling me it's an 18 percent difference one night after that win last night, then that that speaks to exactly what I'm saying, which is it just kind of felt like they just breathed the whole new life into this race. They breathed 18 percent more life <laughs> into it is probably a good way of putting it. And, and isn't it funny that they did it? Because when I tweeted out before the game, yeah, that oh, yeah. Walker yeah. Dewar, you know, when I, I I looked over and they're sitting way down in press row, and I'm like, oh my god! So I tweeted <laughs> out there, and as I, I I went over to them like ten minutes later, I said, guys, I hate to tell you this, but you guys just broke the internet. And it's funny because Dennis Gilbert was sitting there with them too, and he goes, <laughs> uh, no, I didn't break the internet. <laughs> He's like, these two guys did. And we all know that it's Pelche that everyone's really, really, you know, was going nuts about. But Dewar's very popular, too. And, and the combination had people up in arms. And you know what? I said it on the broadcast last night. I'll say it again. You know, I was expecting a significant shifting in the lines. And mm-hmm. it turns out he had all four lines were new. And and you have to. You know, yeah, it was time. criticize the coach all you want. Yes, criticize the coach all you want because, oh, Dubé was too far down or poor Kadri's got to play with those guys. or No lines are going to be perfect. We know that. But listen, you had to roll the dice. You were in a city where you'd never won. You'd never really even come close except for the last game. Uh, you weren't scoring goals. Like You needed to do something radically different. Good on the coach for doing it. I'm okay with him sitting Pelche, especially because – now listen, Pelche did, has had points this month. You know, he has had a point this month. And the coach said afterwards, you know, he's lost some – energy and we were thinking about pulling him out in in arizona but we decided to give him one more chance and when i went up to pelche and i said that to him unprovoked he said to me you know what's part of the process man one step but you know one step backwards sometimes to go two steps forward like i get it and maybe this will help me i'm gonna watch the game i said did the coach say that to you like it sounded like something you're repeating from the coach and he said no that's the way it is i'm a young guy and uh and i agree that you know I've been making some mistakes and my game could be better. So I want to learn from up here. Like the maturity, this 22 year old has shown and the class, yeah, everything about him is just impressed the hell out of everybody in the city, which is why everybody's so sensitive to everything that happens to him, whether he gets moved off a line or taken out of the line, out of the lineup. That's why there's that hue and cry on, on social media, but also just in bars and restaurants and in households, people are pulling for this guy. I dare say, He's right up there with Toffoli and Dubé as the the biggest story of the year for the Calgary Flames, like the most pleasant storyline of the season, that he's an everyday NHLer and that's no longer in question. That is a huge development for this organization. Even if they make the play or miss the playoffs, 
we're going to look back and say, well, Dubé took huge strides. Toffoli took a big leap. And and they know that their first-round draft pick from a few you know years back is a legitimate NHLer. Those are significant, you know, forward steps for an organization that had a ton of backward steps all year. Last question that I'll throw at both of you then. Do you put those guys back in against Dallas on Saturday? Uh, or do you stick with the same lines that got you seven in Vegas? Because I lean towards, even though you beat Vegas, I lean towards making the change and bringing them back in because as much as they scored seven against Vegas, I still thought that there were some passengers in that game, and it was kind of a, a game driven by a couple of different lines. I, I would still make the change, but what about you guys? Well, I'll go first. Uh, you know, I, I'm with you. I was thinking about it as I was writing that piece today with Pelche. Uh, I think we just posted it, but, you know, it, it yeah, you win 7-2. You can't imagine they're going to make any changes, but, you know, Nick Ritchie continues to be exactly what I was kind of expecting Nick Ritchie to be. Uh, which is a non-entity and uh, outside of one of his first shifts when he scored a goal i haven't seen much at all other than some bad penalties and i i don't i don't see it i don't see it i you know uh, so i would pull him out of the 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 lineup but then the question is do you put in doer or pelche i don't think it's a natural that you're just going to go with pelche i think there, there could be an argument that could be made if you're going to pull richie out um maybe you want to put doer in and create that energy and then of course there's the age-old debate all year, well, for the last, well, most this year on whether or not you should pull Lucic out because you're, you know, you're not seeing a whole lot there either. So I could buy into any way this, these coaches want to go. I wouldn't criticize them uh, with any direction they go, but I guess I'd be leaning towards putting at least one of them in for Nick Ritchie. Yeah, I can't necessarily dispute too much of that. As you mentioned, Pat, there were some passengers. I think they're primarily in the bottom six. Um, not sure I necessarily was excited about the configuration, particularly of the bottom six when you tweeted those lines out, Francis, and lo and behold, <laughs> they blow out the Vegas Golden Knights, the Western Conference leading Vegas Golden Knights. So again, what, what does this guy know? Um, and it would be difficult or it would be curious if there are changes after such a, a dominating win, at least on the score sheet. Um, but I am of the opinion, whether it be correct or incorrect, that you should probably find a way to get Pelletier and do her back into the lineup on Saturday. Yeah, I know that conventionally stick with the same lineup after wins. I think you could make an argument that going and, and putting them back in would be the way to go. Uh, thank you, franchise. Uh, we will uh, see you when you're back. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy St. Patrick's Day in Vegas, hey? Thanks, boys. Can I ask one last question? Of course. Is the is the cadre line is was that the fourth line last night? Because yes. I refer so, to it as the third line. Go look at the ice time. The, yeah. Well, I afterwards it made me, made it clear, but I don't know. I, I wasn't sure how you were supposed to look at that. You got a guy who you just paid a ton of money to be your second line center, and is he really going down to the fourth line? Well, clearly the coach is sending some sort of message. That is a storyline. I know you guys and all of us will be following very very yep. closely because that is an interesting slap in the face to a guy who has, what, six more years uh, on his tab here? Uh, and that's not going to sit too well with him. The reason why I would call it the fourth line is because 66% of that line has played in on the fourth line in that fourth yes. line role all season long. Adam Rizicka played more than Nazem Kadri did on Thursday. So wow. That tells you everything. Wow. Uh, yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned on that story, boys. No kidding. Bye, Francis. Uh, enjoy Cheers, Vegas, boy. you punk. 
Okay, you guys take care. Love you. Uh, there's Eric Francis. Francis Fridays. Uh, Eric with us from Vegas, and he joins us inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. The beer tastes better when it's bought from the place that cheers for your team. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine, spirits, beer today. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. This is Flamestock. Join the conversation at 960-960. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Steinberg and Vickers along with you as this hour rolls on. Another goal for Michael Backlund in Thursday's win over Vegas. He's now on pace for about 55 points this season, which would be a new career high for him. I think it's fair to say that He's playing the best hockey of his career now at the age of 34. Happy 34th birthday to Michael Backlund, one of the few 80s ch- children still on the Calgary Flames. Barely. Barely, but still one of the few 80s guys. What, him, Lewis, Luch would be the Luch 80s. for sure, right? Yeah, those would be the those would be the 80s guys. Like, where's Mike Smith when you need him? You need somebody where's, my age where's, there. Where's 83 Mark Giordano? Where is he? Yeah, let's go. Um, he's turned into a bona fide leader. Inside that locker room, I don't think there's any any doubt about it. So I want to bounce this off you. I'm curious as to where you are because you have a large affinity for the human being, as do I. Um, I bounced this off of Wes earlier this week, and understandably, Wes was a, was quite cautious about it. it. Was like, yeah, I'm not quite there, and I get it, and I know that the text line won't be all there. Some will, some won't. But I want to bounce this off you because here he is. He scores another goal. Uh, he admitted he was trying to go to Toffoli. He didn't call that you, shot. You don't normally try to score from below the goal line unless you're Johnny well, some, Gaudreau. Sometimes you see a, you see a like, I'm going to try this. Backlund did not lie. He admitted that he was trying to pass it out in front, and instead it went in. But I would go to Michael Backlund on July 1st. I would offer him a two- or three-year contract extension the day that he is eligible to start talking about a contract extension, see if he will take the hometown veteran haircut and then name him the captain. And I would announce it all on the same day. I'd say, okay, Vax, here we go. We want to keep you. We think that you are a core member. We think you are an important leader on our team. We would like to extend you right now. We would like to give you that security. It would be best for us if if maybe the cap hit came down at your age. Lots of guys are doing it. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has done it. Joe Pavelski has done it. We've seen it with plenty of guys who, as they move towards their mid-30s, to stay with the team that they've always been on or to stay with the team that they want to remain with. In Pavelski's case, it's Dallas' second team. In Nugent's case, it's the Oilers. And you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is having an incredible year. He's having maybe his best run ever this year, last year in the NHL, and he's doing it for less on this deal than on his last deal. And so I just I think about Michael and I say to myself, okay, Go and offer him a two years at four and a half billion dollars deal. You're not, you're not giving, you're not, it's not like you're insulting the player by asking him to take slightly more. You're going to him early saying, we want to keep you for the long term. We think there's value in having you as a flame for life, but into your mid thirties, probably can't be giving you the same that we'd be given a a guy who is producing like you in his mid twenties. Right? So go two times four and a half or at, Three times four. I don't know if if 
Michael and, and his camp would be okay with that 100%. But just knowing other veterans who have done it at around that age, knowing that there may be a flat salary cap again, I just... You offer him the captaincy. You offer him some more long-term security. You offer him an extension. You offer him a chance to be the all-times games-played leader in franchise history. I would do that in a heartbeat and try to extend him as early as humanly possible. So you would do that in a heartbeat as the GM? Yes. I wonder where the player is at. First, let's talk... From the GM standpoint, because you've got Michael Backlund, who's 34 years old, one year after this remaining on a six-year, so $32 million. dollar contract would kick in at the age of 35. Yes. And that part, surprisingly, doesn't bother me as much. He was number two in fitness testing, a 33-ish, 34-ish year old. I'm trying to figure out when he turned 34, which would be literally today. So at 33 years old, he was second, the runner-up in fitness testing. So I'm not worried about the wheels falling off. He's proven in his almost mid-30s that the fitness level can be maintained. Now he's producing at the best clip of his career at this age, which again is encouraging. Production isn't the only story with Michael Backlund. We both know that. He is arguably one of the best two-way centers in the league. He's, again, he's been everything you could ask for from the Calgary Flames and more. And it's interesting that you tied the captaincy into this because that's a big carrot for me, I think. I think that that is something that he would take a great deal of pride in. And again, it might help encourage that little hometown discount a little bit. If I'm the Calgary Flames, does this need to be done this summer to get the discount? Yes. Can you wait or are you risking it? What, why would you wait? Just to see what the next year brings. And again, well, from a certain degree, asset management, because if you don't keep him, you can get, a pretty decent haul for him, whether it be in the offseason or at the you deadline. You could trade him with an extension on his contract too, though. I think there would be, a, like, I, I don't, I think it would be better asset management to do it now if that hometown haircut, hometown veteran discount is part of it. But if he, say next season, he rolls out and does the same thing, basically plays at this same clip, does he command more money yes, when you do I, it? Do you absolutely. think so? Or do you think that this yes, is where it's going to be? Now he's a pending unrestricted free agent. And that is now all of a sudden something that he can walk to and use his leverage. Uh, and look, I'm not trying to shortchange backs at all. You know how yeah. much I love that guy. I President think, of the fan club. Exactly. I just, a lot of guys in their mid thirties to stay on a team that is trying to stay competitive. will take, I, I'm not suggesting that he should, if he wants to go to UFA and get it like Pavelski in his mid thirties, went to UFA and got himself a huge deal in Dallas. And then, took the hometown haircut after that. I'm not suggesting that Backlund should shortchange himself. I'm just suggesting for a guy that told us at the poker tournament that you're going to have to forcibly get rid of me for a guy who is like five games away or six games away from playing 900, being just the third player in franchise history to ever hit 900 games, a guy who will next season become number two on the all-times games played list, and a guy who has a... I don't think it's that outside a shot, has a shot at being the all-time games played leader. I just, a lot of veterans will take that hometown haircut. And if he's willing to do it, 
then I think you need to start going down that road ASAP. If he's not willing to do it, I don't begrudge him at all because he's still a hell of a hockey player, a damn good hockey player, that if he got to unrestricted free agency, I still think could get a pretty nice two, three-year deal that that you don't have to do that. I'm just saying if he wants to stay, if that's important to him, which I think it is, then I think going down that road as soon as possible is the best way to get him to uh, to get him to agree to it because you're saying you're still part of our core. We see value in you playing your entire career with our organization, and we would like to get this done as soon as humanly possible. So if you offer him a two-year deal, then you know there's three years of security. If you offer him a three-year deal, then you know you got four years of security if you're Michael. I just think it works on both sides. So I'm not trying to shortchange the yep. player at all because I would never want to do that. I think if you're the Calgary Flames and he really, truly wants to stay and you want to package the captaincy in it, I don't think it necessarily has to be done this year. Sure, there'll be the temptation of unrestricted free agency, but if the intention is 100%, I want to stay, but don't you, think you don't have you to get, worry about that. But but don't you think you have a better chance of getting that hometown haircut doing it early as opposed to down the road? I, I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Um, and so that's the argument from the team perspective. From the player perspective, do you want to know the security as soon as you can. Yeah, maybe. So maybe that answers your question. But at the same time, if you're a 34 year old player turning 35, I think I want a closer look at where the organization is at and where the intention is because your window to win a Stanley cup is a sliver now, as opposed to when it was when you joined the organization as an 18 year old first round pick. I just think the gesture goes a long way is, is all I'm saying. And, and getting it done right away proves we see value. And that gesture I think goes a long way in negotiating and may, because I think what you would want is cause I'm with you. I think Backlund is in the best shape of his life. He's one of the best conditioned athletes on the team. He thinks the game yep. at such a high level that I think that he'll still be effective into his late thirties. Uh, he's never been a guy that wows you with blinding speed. So I, I think he's a guy that has always relied on his smarts and his high hockey IQ and his, his ability to think it well away from the puck. I don't think that goes away dramatically as you go to 36, 37 years old. So I just, I look at it and say, yeah, that gesture and, and being able to get it done as soon as possible and prove to him as early as possible that you want him to be a long-term member even into his late 30s, that's the best way to get your hometown discount because you would love to have that guy at $4.5 for the next couple of years. I'm not going to argue or disagree with your argument, I should say, based on risk management. I think that this is a low-risk move in terms of, yeah, you're not expecting the wheels to fall off Michael Backlund next season when he hits 35. You're pretty comfortable in the fact, because of what you mentioned, fitness level, conditioning, um, his style of play, his ability to read and process the game, uh, just his general effectiveness at both ends of the ice. Like I'm not looking at this and going, ooh, a three-year deal. That means four more. Oh, I wonder what that last season's going to look like. Like I'm not going to argue that. I just don't know if I necessarily, and I get the good gesture argument as well. I just don't think you necessarily have to do it a year early. And I think the risk of him leaving as an unrestricted free agent, if he truly wants to stay and you're willing to put the captaincy on him, I think that's enough to entice him to stay where you don't have to do it early. So why wouldn't you do it early? 
Well, again, you're just getting a closer look at what he's going to be in his 34 to 35 year old season. Because my problem, but you're also you're also trying to figure out what your salary cap cap situation is going to be because they're right up against it. And at some point, you're going to have to start looking at bodies if things don't uh, drastically elevate. Which, again, in theory, they should after this summer into next summer. But with the uncertainty and everything and all that, flexibility is a big thing for me too. Part of my problem, or or one of my criticisms about the org of late is that they haven't done those moves enough that give them good value down the road. You know, I, I think that there was an argument a number of years ago to go long-term with Manjapani and you would have had him at a whole lot less of a cap hit right now than he's at right now. Uh, they did it with Rasmus Anderson and look how good that no, was. They did it with Hannafin and Lindholm. Lindholm and look, I don't think they have done it enough when they could have. And I know that this is a different situation because we're talking about a guy who just turned 34 today. But I think you are it's the same philosophy of you have faith in the player, you know the player better than everybody and anybody, and you're banking on, again, if he agrees to it, trying to, yeah, is there risk signing a guy in his 30s to a two- or three-year deal in his mid-30s? Is there a risk that maybe it drops off? Of course there is because that's what happens in this league a lot of times. But you're banking on his fitness, his smarts, his IQ, his consistency being as such that you're okay with taking that risk and the reward far outweighs the risk. And I think the organization, especially knowing how much they have committed on the cap going forward, I think the organization needs to make more calculated, quote-unquote, gambles like that here in the next number of years. And that's why I think it's, it's a really good idea to do that this summer. I'm, the premise, like, I can see arguments either way. You're probably convincing me more than I'm convincing you. Uh, I think the big determining factor here um, is the fact that, is he your captain? Is he the next captain of the Calgary Flames? And if, contract aside, if you would put a C on him, if he has it longer, well, then that's a pretty big indicator that you want him guiding that locker room for the next two, three, four years. And that's also, I think it would be, and just being selfish as a person who likes, you know, big news days. Hey, we've signed Michael Backlund and we're naming him captain. They say, well, that's perfect for us. That's, that's, Does that uh, just not bring the question, okay, why didn't you do this two years ago? Sure, but you didn't. So now he's, like, I just listened when, when Rasmus Anderson said post game on Sunday, yep. this, he's our leader. I was like, you don't have to do it this season, but do it. Like, why not? It's time, it, like, after this season, you've gotten two years without a captain. It's time to name a captain. I don't, this text just comes in, says he's on the decline. I don't, I don't he's having a career what you, year. What, what are you watching? He's not on the decline. He's never been better, statistically. Yeah. And he's part of, well, when the line was together, he's part of the NHL's top line via several advanced stats. Now, those are all expected and, and whatnot, so take it with maybe a pinch of salt, grain of salt however much salt you want to get in, but metrics show that he's actually, you know, been pretty elite in certain categories this year. And Bill asks, why would you extend him after a career year? I'm doing it to see if that hometown haircut is a possibility. That is the main reason why I'm doing it this summer. So I like it. And I don't, I don't like you're being very measured. And I'm the and vice I, president of this fan club. I know you are, but I understand being measured. I get it. Like you're being measured is also important. 
I just not think sometimes, especially with how much they're going to have committed to the cap going forward, calculated risks like that, which I don't think is that much of a risk, sometimes you got to take them. Good, uh, good chat. I like that. Uh, he's Vickers. I'm Pat. That'll start wrapping up this hour on Flames Talk. Cam and Taylor have been our producers. Thanks to Eric Francis as well. This has been the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.